This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Hopeland Church. We are in a new series today. Uh, We're going to be running this series for the next three Sundays, which I believe is all of September. And uh, we today, as we are in this service, we, after service today, we are starting a seven-day fast, seven days of prayer and fasting. So those that are a part of our community already know all that, and you've been in the know. So we're going to do a series uh, for the next three weeks um, called Vision and Prayer. Um, and the subtitle of it is uh, Seeing Him and Knowing Him. And so we're going to talk about vision. We're going to talk about prayer, not only um, our vision as a church, of course. We're going to kind of talk about that, uh, kind of revisit that a little bit, but also the vision for your life specifically. And so um, here we go. Uh, We're going to jump right in. So let me pray here, and um, we are going to jump into the Word. This is part one of vision and prayer. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your Word, and we pray that, uh, Lord, you, you deposit uh, Lord, in us, just, um, Lord, the, the, the spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of might and power, the, the, the spirit of the living God through this word today. I pray that it, you stir in us a hunger to seek you, uh, Lord, and I pray that you open our eyes so we can see, see you and, and see what you're doing in our life. In the name of Jesus, uh, we pray and everybody said, Amen. All right, let's do this, folks. If you want to turn your Bibles quickly here to Acts chapter 9, we're going to be looking over the next three weeks. um, In light of vision and prayer, we're going to look at the Apostle Paul's life and kind of how that um, his life and and, and, and the journey of his life, how we can see uh, a a picture of uh, a vision, uh, God's vision for his life and divine vision, divine revelation, and, um, and, and prayer and seeking the Lord in and through that. And so, so just to jump in here, our vision, right, as uh, Hopeland Church, this is literally why Hopeland Church exists. And that is we exist, okay, so that you can, uh, four things, encounter God, walk in freedom, uh, fulfill God's purpose, and change your world. I'm going to say it one more time, and we're going to kind of look at this um, in light of the word um, um, today in the next few weeks. Um, we're going to touch each of these elements of our vision and um, and then encourage folks in prayer and, and in seeking the Lord. So uh, once again, we exist um, as a church so that you can encounter God, walk in freedom, fulfill God's purpose, and so you can go and change your world. And so here we go. Number one, we're going to talk about this. This is kind of what we're, this is the, the, the theme for today is that part of our vision that we exist so you can encounter God. So encounter God. That's what we're going to talk about today. I know you can use so many different kinds of words like experience, his presence, and encounter Jesus, uh, have a revelation of Jesus. Encounter is just a word that you can use many other words. It's just for whatever reason, it's just some of the language we chose um, but encounter God, okay? And so this is at the basis of salvation. 
that for somebody to truly be born again, they, they must have some sort of encounter, revelation of, of, of God. That it is not just a decision in, in my human nature to say, hmm, I want to follow the, the duties of what it means to live out the Christian religion. And, and we just, and it, no, salvation is of the Lord. He is the God of our, of his, you know, of our salvation, really. But actually, the Bible even says in, in Psalm 51, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Like, this is a, this is God's work. It is an encounter. It is a revelation. And that's why when you encounter Jesus and you see him for who he is, you, you see the truth of who he is. And that's why some people around you are like, what happened to him or her? Like, what, what happened? Like, they don't get it. Why? They don't see him yet. They do not have that revelation. And so this is where it all begins for anybody. Now, nobody's encounter with God is the same. It, it is, they're all uniquely different, but they are revelations and encounters nonetheless, right? And so um, we're going to talk about this, all right? So let's jump in here quickly, okay? I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today, okay? So we're going to start with this, a pretty huge, big portion of scripture here, but in Acts chapter 9, um, I'm going to read verse 1 to verse 9. So Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 9, this is when Paul encounters Jesus, okay? So here we go. Um, then Saul, actually Saul at the time, um, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, were men, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Verse three, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Verse four, then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. All right, verse six, so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Verse seven, and the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Paul arose from the ground and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus and he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. And so here it is. This is just one particular encounter in the scripture, one particular encounter that Paul had, and that wasn't his only one. And we'll even read some others that he had. Um, and, and, you know, and so uh, right here, I mean, it starts out with he was still breathing threats and murder. So he is on his way uh, to Damascus to murder Christians, to take them to prison, um, and he is on a rampage here. And yet in the midst of his sin, while he was dead in his trespasses and sins, right? Jesus appeared to him and he had an encounter with God. Okay. And so, so here it is, um, divine encounters. 
Um, here they are. This is what they are. They are uh, divine, sovereign, and holy. Okay, this is not something that Paul mustered up. It didn't come from him. He was actually in a very bad place spiritually. He was uh, up to no good, and yet he had an encounter with Jesus. Okay, so, so this tells us a lot that, 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 that they are divine, sovereign, and holy. I mean, they're of God. It's God's doing. It is what God has done. Okay, and also you see here that the men with them, they, they heard a, thing, a voice, but they didn't see anybody. And so uh, what does that tell you? That they are intimate and personal. That divine encounters are intimate and personal. They're, they're divine, sovereign, and holy. They come from God, but they are intimate and personal. They are the result of God's grace and love. All right, period. They are the result of God's goodness, his grace, his love, period. Okay, I, I, I know we know this, but we just want to lay a foundation here. When it comes to um, uh, vision, when it comes to encountering God, it is God, God's sovereignty, his love, his grace, and his goodness toward people, okay? Now, divine encounters can be the result of our pursuit, you know, that if we seek the Lord, we will find him, the Bible says, right? And, and there's, there, there, there's, there, there is that, right? But um, this particular situation is not the result of that at all. And many encounters in the scripture had nothing to do with the person's pursuit of God or lack thereof. It was literally sovereign. It was God's heart and love for that person. We don't know if some, maybe somebody was praying for that person. We don't know. But the bottom line is, it is, it is heavenly, and, and it, it is of God, and it is his goodness, and it is, and it is his grace, okay? And so, so, but they can be the result of our pursuit, but we can in no way uh, manufacture them, right? Somebody say amen, nor should we think for one moment that we have some sort of formula on how to cause them to happen, okay? Now, now we can worship, we, the Bible promises that we will, we will, um, you know, that we will experience God's presence through worship, through the word, through, through the preaching, like things happen. But it's even in that, it's not like, oh, if I do this, this, and this, this is exactly what God's gonna do for me. Many times when I have personally encountered his presence, um, it wasn't like I was absolutely expecting that and I was doing the exact thing that I thought that I would get some sort of response from God, okay? So we just need to just lay the foundation there that when it comes to God touching humanity, when it comes to people encountering God, when we see in the scripture, it is a divine work, okay? They are divine, they are sovereign, and they are holy. Second Timothy chapter one, verse nine, check this out. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. All right, so he has called us, he has saved us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. All right, and, and look at you, you, they are never, when, when we speak of encountering God, like these encounters, these experiences, these moments, these the, these, these times God's speaking to us and he, he does it in so many different ways. There's 
in the scriptures, there's visions, there's dreams, there's revelation of the word. There, there is literal, um, just his presence um, coming and, and, and filling people and touching people and saving people and delivering people like, you know, uh, all of that. But they, they are never, there's never just one, it's never just this one time thing. Okay, that this is something that we walk in, um, that, that we experience, that we come in our walk with God and our beingness with God. Encounters ought to be normal, supernatural moments with God. Doesn't happen every day, all day. Do we feel like we're just in this euphoric feeling all the time? No, of course not. And if we chase that, we will get off and unscriptural and weird, right? But they do happen and ought to happen in our lives, right? And, and if I can say regularly, like this ought to be a part, like, like, like if our only story of God's goodness and grace and, the, and encountering him personally and intimately was just that one time 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it is, then we're missing something because God is alive here today. He is Jehovah Shammah. He is the ever-present God. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. So he is here and he's doing his thing. And when we seek him, we will find him. As we're living and walking in obedience, as we're on the road of obedience and living in his will, we will encounter him time and time again. Okay, so let's look at this here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, uh, verse 30 to 33. I'm just going to read this as a preface. So uh, before I read this, before I read 2 Corinthians 11, it, after Paul encountered um, Jesus, and you know, we're, we're going to get into kind of that story even some next week because there was this time period um, that he kind of went silent for a minute. We're going to kind of talk about that. Um, you, you know, you don't see him for a minute, and then he pops back in the book of Acts um, after uh, Barnabas goes and, and finds him, okay? But he, he goes out, um, and, and he begins to preach immediately, actually, and then uh, they were, the, the Jews were wanting to kill him, so they, he escaped, um, like, you know, they lowered him out of this place. I think it was like in the scripture, I think it even mentions like he's lowered out through a basket. So, so, um, in second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30 to 33, he starts to explain this and he's, and he get, and then we'll get into chapter 12, verse one of, of second Corinthians. And we'll kind of see, uh, what he's talking about. He's speaking of his encounter with God, but, but, but let's start here. And as in Corinthians, he's talking about the moments shortly after the encounter we just read. Okay. So here we go. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 30, it says, if I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. Okay, because he's talking about not boasting about the revelations he's come to or that he's, he's not trying to say, look, I'm not some super spiritual person. Okay, so verse 31, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I'm not lying. Verse 32, here it is, in Damascus. Okay, this is where he encountered Jesus. Or he encountered him on the road and then he went there after so in Damascus, the governor under Aretas, the king, was guarding the city of the, the Damascenes, okay, with a garrison desiring to arrest me. Verse 33, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. And then for a time after that, Paul literally disappears, okay, or Saul at the time. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 12.1, just turn the page, next chapter, next verse. Uh, verse 12, uh, sorry, chapter 12, verse 1 to 4, it says this, it is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. Look at this, here it is. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Okay, he had one, 
But he's like, I will continue to come. Um, you know, th this is something that we will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. You don't know everything there is to know about Jesus. All right. His understanding is past finding out. Oh, the, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. His ways are past finding out. Okay. And what is the width, the depth, the length, the height, uh, the breadth of the love of God? We, we, we have not discovered all of who he is. I'm telling you what, I've been walking for the Lord for, for a little bit of time since I was a teenager. But the more I know about him, I, it feels like the less, the more I need to know. Okay. The more I know about him, the less I know. The more I discover him, the more there is to know. So he's like, man, I will come. Come, I will, future, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Encounters are not supposed to be just something that happened some time ago, but God desires to reveal himself to us in a fresh way today, this week. You know, uh, keep your faith expectant for God to speak to you, for God to show himself, for God to reveal himself through his word, through the preaching, through worship, just through your walk and journey with him, he desires to show you who he is, all right? Let's be expectant. Verse two, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, um, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows how he was caught up in the paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. So he's talking about encountering God in such a deep and a profound way. He's, he's kind of even not even trying to say it was him, you know, but you know, if you see the language here, he's kind of, it, you know, theologians believe he's talking about himself. So the point is, man, he's caught up to the third heaven, that, that he came into paradise and heard inexpressible words which is not lawful for man to utter. I mean, just deep things, profound things. So, so here we go, it, it, you know, and, 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 and revelations and visions of the Lord should never be contrary to the scripture, but they are uh, revelation, profound and inexpressible words. We need to keep our faith expectant, right? Visions, he says, I will come to visions. All right, so as we're fasting and praying here, you know, Believe God that he's going to speak to you. Um, we don't have control over how he does it. We're not trying to fabricate or manufacture something that is not of God. That is, that is, that is just our emotions trying to act spiritual for whatever reason. No, but we can be in faith expecting that God would speak, that God would lead, that we would encounter him. I mean, this right here, I mean, he says, I will come to visions. So visions are, this is what it means in the Greek, okay? It's a supernatural appearance. So of the Lord, a supernatural, I will come to visions. It means to see spiritually, okay? It means a spiritual appearing. I will come, I will come to visions. And revelations means disclosure, meaning God is there and all of who he is is there. But... We don't see everything in our finite mind. We don't see everything in the moment. Like, but there are attributes and aspects and characteristics of who Jesus is that, that we can come to and the revelation of who he is. All right, more and more. Okay, it means disclosure, appearing, 
It means a coming. It means to lighten. It means a manifestation. Okay, so I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. All right. And so um, as we see here, I'm, I'm going to move on here. So my next point is in speaking of encounters. Okay, and this is our heart as a church. Okay, I'm going to get to this point. Let me just say this. Our heart um, as pastors of Hopeland Church are that because this notion of a revelation of Christ, an encounter with God, an experience with God, uh, 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 an appearing of Christ to somebody, that is why we exist, so that people can see Jesus. The, 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 you know, that, that, is, that is our heart. That's why we gather to worship. Why? Why do we gather? So people can see Jesus. Is this the only place or moment that people see Jesus? No, but that is why we exist as a church. That is why we're here for, for people in this community to encounter God. Like, and, and, and we don't have the formula, but that is where our faith is, that people would see Jesus. That, that is it, okay? And so um, when that happens, um, a lot of things happen. When Paul encountered Jesus, we're going to see a lot of things that happen. Like, what, what does this mean? What happened as a result? And, and all throughout the scriptures, when people encountered God, there's, there's things that happen that are kind of like a theme or a pattern of divine encounters. And one of those is this, and we're going to talk about this, is that divine encounters, they, they precede divine relationships. I'm going to say it again. Divine encounters precede divine relationships. Divine encounters precede divine relationships. All right, now I'm gonna read just from my notes here so I can kind of build on this, okay? I'm just gonna read a little bit um, and then we're, we're gonna go back into Acts in a, in a second here, um, Acts chapter nine. So if you wanna turn there, that's fine, but I'll, I'll meet you over there in a sec. But, but God begins with a divine encounter with him. And then he connects us supernaturally to specific people every time. I mean, in the scripture, there, I mean, this is a theme. It is a pattern in scripture, okay? That it's, it's like God says, I'm going to reveal myself to you. And then I'm going to connect you to somebody or people, a group of people, whatever it is. It's just that is the pattern here with encountering God. Why is we as a church, why is that our vision? That we want you to encounter God. Because we know when God does that, he begins to connect us with the right people that God has called us to and has called and that uh, has called them to us. Okay, and I, I just mean that even personally, just in your life. This is, this is a pattern in scripture, okay? So here we go. So we all need to connect to the people that God has already determined for us to connect to. That, that, and sometimes these relationships are seasonal. And sometimes they're, they're, they're seen, but they are divine, meaning they are divinely orchestrated. This is God's architecture. He's the architect of this. But when, when we see heaven touching a person, right, um, then we see that God connecting that person to some people, right? And we're going to look at this. So these types of relationships always take place after encounters with God. So look at this. Moses, um, connected to many people after his encounter with God, the burning bush, but, you know, but after his encounter with God, he, he, he connected with the children of Israel. And even, even before that little bit, he connected him with Laban. Okay. So, so there, there, there was a connection there. And you can even look at Moses and Joshua and Aaron. 
the children of Israel, right? If you look at Gideon, he encounters God, then God connects him to his army. Okay, there was just this connection there with these people. If you look at the disciples, obviously first when in the gospels, when, when they encountered Jesus, right? He's like, follow me. And you know, they're just working this all out. Like, wow, this is the Messiah. Like, you know, and then what, what did he do? He connected them to the other disciples, okay? And they did life together. There was a divine connection there. If you even look specifically, now this is later on in Peter's life. It's in the, in the book of Acts. He has that vision, right? Of, of, the, of, of you know, the, the unclean animals. And, and he said, kill and eat, right? And, 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 you know, through that encounter with God, that vision, he connects him with Cornelius. And the same, he, Cornelius encounters God and then he connects him to Peter. And so look at this. this is, there's something here that Samuel immediately he hears God speak to him while he's in bed and he connects to Eli and then he connects to King Saul and connects to King David and becomes like this mentor, this, this revelatory source to these kings, right? So connected, boom, right? He anoints David to be king, right? So, so there it is, um, you know, and those are just a few examples, right? So, so God never calls us to divine revelations so that we can escape humanity. That is not how God works. When somebody says they encounter God and they become more indifferent with humanity, I believe there's a problem there. They're, they're, they're missing something or they're, they're, they're interpreting it wrong or it wasn't a true encounter from God. Because when we encounter God for real, we he then connects us to humanity. When di- divinity touches my humanity, he then connects me to humanity, right? Um, this is, this is it. This is, this is how it ought to be when we truly encounter God. Okay. And so, um, God never calls us to divine revelations to escape humanity. Okay. But to return to the earth with divine grace so that we can change some things. All right. Hallelujah. He lifts us high so he can send us low. This is the pattern. Think about Moses on on the Mount Moriah. He receives a divine encounter, Ten Commandments. What does he do? He goes down and says, hey, y'all, here is what God told me. Like, you know, he didn't just stay up on the mountain and just be with God all the time. There's something wrong with a supposed encounter that separates us from humanity in an unhealthy way, right? Hallelujah, somebody say amen. So here it is. Um, let's not get addicted to the feelings of an encounter with God to, to, to the point where um, we don't truly receive any type of mandate from that encounter. And I've seen this happen, man, where people get an encounter or a supposed encounter, or they get in an environment and they feel the presence of God and Jesus touches them. And then, um, you know, they just, they are totally disconnected from any type of relationship. And that is totally unhealthy and it is not of God. All right. And so let's look at Paul's life. Okay. Let's look at Paul's life here. So let's go back to Acts chapter nine, verse 10. Check this out. This is after his encounter. Now look what happened immediately, immediately after Saul's encounter 
with God. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. I'm going to read all the way to verse 19, okay? So here we go. Let's go. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. So uh, Saul is blind. And to him the Lord said in a vision, here's an encounter for Ananias. Ananias, he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Ananias receives an encounter. What does he do? What does God do? Connects him to a person. There's, there's, a, there's a call. There's a, there's, there, there's, there's a person he was to connect to immediately after this encounter. Okay? All right? Verse 12, and in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. There it is. And he's, here is Paul's on Paul's side. He receives an, an account, sees a vision of Ananias, right? And he's connecting him to Ananias, all right? Verse 13, then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Verse 16, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Verse 17, and Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he rose and was baptized. Verse 19, hallelujah, it's so good. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Paul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Look at that folks, I'm telling you, divine encounters they always precede divine relationships. In light of divine encounters, always connect us in divine relationships. Here's another thing that divine encounters do, all right? Once again, they precede divine relationships. Hallelujah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you right now that Divine encounters always connect us to the right people. It's just because that divine encounter, it starts with God. It, it, it's God's heart for you. It's God's uh, purpose for you. It is, it, is, it, is, it is God showing his, his love for you in an intimate and a personal way. And when your life um, rolls out after that, it is about connecting you with the people God has assigned you to and the people that God has assigned um, others to you and you to them, all right? And so here's the next point here is that divine encounters, they always separate us, okay? Now I know that might sound like a contradiction, but but because it does connect us to other people, but it also separates us and it doesn't separate us from people per se, but it separates us from our own agenda. It puts us on God's path. It's, it's, it, it changes the trajectory of our life or, or, or even maybe adjusts it, okay? When we receive prophetic words as a church, you know, it, 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 it changed some things. It, it brought 
It's just some some life into what we're doing. It was like a it was like an encouragement that you're on the right path here. Okay, uh, the very building we're filming this in is the result of prophetic word we received. It was a divine encounter I had. A prophet said, "God has a building for you." Right. Six months later, this building opened up supernatural, and the way it looked and the experience we had, even in just first walking into it, was was confirmation of that literal word I got. Okay, and so. But they always separate us. They, 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 they're, 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 they're designed, encounters with God are designed to keep us on God's path. All right? So Romans chapter 1, verse 1. We're talking about Paul. And here it goes. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated. Somebody say separated. Separated to the gospel of God. Okay? He's talking about what when, G, when he was when he encountered Jesus, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Look, Paul was about to go drag Christians to prison. That encounter separated him, um, pulled him out of his own agenda. All right, somebody say Jesus, okay? Because that's what happened. I'm going to read it again. Romans one verse one. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated, separated to the gospel of God. The word separated, I think we shared this last week or the week before, this, this word. And it means um, to be separated from or to make boundaries, okay? Divine encounters are intended to bring divine boundaries in your life. Okay, many of us, we might have been on a road to a, a, a wrong relationship that was about your own lust. It was, the whole basis of it was your own insecurities. It's going to get you into some mess some trouble, some sin, whatever it is. And divine encounters, God came in and uh, he separated you, created divine boundaries. Okay, um, and, and it means this. To separate, um, you know, from a boundary, um, like from a previous condition or situation. So up until that encounter, you, there, there may have been some mixture in your life. Maybe just uh, focus was off. Your focus was off. Your, 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 your mindset was off. And that divine encounter is intended to bring fresh boundaries, healthy boundaries in your life. Okay? Um, they're designed... Divine encounters are designed to give us a hunger for God, separate us, okay? They're designed to bring us into greater pursuit of God. You see this time and time again. When, when, you, when, when, when people encounter God in the scripture, and all those narratives, Old Testament, New Testament, however you want to look at it, um, but they, they brought those people into a greater pursuit of God or an actual pursuit of God, okay? Um, and and, and they, they bring us into just a deeper walk with God. So Peter was already walking with God. In, in, in Acts, all right, already walking with Jesus, uh, hadn't, uh, was there on the day of Pentecost, got filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, preaching the gospel, and the, but, but he had an encounter. Why? Because he had, he had issues, um, some religious things that were, uh, you know, that separated Jew and Gentiles still in him, right? And, and he, that encounter busted him out of those limitations, busted him out of those old ways, Busting him out of his traditional ways. 
Come on now, somebody, we need encounters from Jesus. We need fresh encounters. We need visions and dreams. We need revelations. We need to come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Why? Because we do not have it all together. We have not arrived. And all of our walk and our maturity with God isn't based on our own efforts or discipline. That comes into play, but that's not all of what it is because one encounter from God can change the trajectory of your life, can deliver you, can set you free from old ways, demonic ways of thinking, influence of the devil, the world, the flesh. Come on now, tradition, religion, whatever it is. Um, and, and, and Peter, man, he broke out of that, man, goes to Cornelius' house, preaches the gospel. Cornelius gets filled with the Holy Spirit, man, and it's like, wow, you know, that Jesus, God, through the Holy Spirit, is touching Gentiles now. But it started with an encounter that, that God gave to these two individuals, okay? So they, they bring us into a greater pursuit of God. They bring us, they stir us to pray and to be people of prayer, all right? When, when, when in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, when, when God called Jeremiah, you know, he had excuses, but he had an encounter from God and he was a voice of righteousness to the people of God, okay? While they were in captivity, he was prophesying. But here it is, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Look at this. It says, and seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. Okay, and so, so God, uh, through the prophet, was encouraging these people. They were so discouraged that they're in captivity. And, 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 and the Lord said, you need to, you are there to change that place. Okay, you, you, now you, you are there to change it. You are there to pray to the Lord for it. Don't complain about where you are. Pray about where you are. Don't complain about your city. Pray for your city. Don't complain about your government. Pray for your government. Don't complain about those that are making ungodly decisions in authority. Pray about those making ungodly decisions in authority. You know, they're in captivity, right? They, they, their whole world was taken over, right? Multiple times, right? Babylonians by the Persians. I mean, they were just occupied by foreign nations. You know what I mean? Um, and, and he's saying, seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. All right, so vision and prayer, okay, is, is about taking responsibility for the people God has put in your life. That's what vision and prayer is about, having vision from God, having vision from the Lord and praying. Right, vision and prayer, it is both. It is both. We need encounters from God and those encounters are gonna bring us into greater realms of prayer. We need to hear from God. We need to see him and we need to know him. We need vision and we need prayer. And once again, let me say this again. Vision and prayer is about me taking responsibility for where God has placed me. Meaning, I pray for those that God has placed me around. I pray for those that are in the, the, my workplace. I pray for my family. I pray for those in my house. I pray for my biological family. I am there. God has put you there, just like he put the children of Israel in this place. And he, through the prophet, he's like, pray for the city. Don't complain about the city. Hallelujah. And so um, my next point is this. This is my last point. Divine encounters, they always come with an assignment. And that's what we're getting to here. That's what we're getting to here, is that prayer 
is not just for us to pray for things, to pray for our needs, although that is in the Bible, to pray for our needs. There's different types of prayer. And one of the types of prayer in the Greek, it literally means to pray for felt needs. My literal needs, I bring them to the Lord. There's another type of prayer though that is that I exchange my wishes for his. It's more of a prayer of surrender, right? And there's a prayer of intercession where I pray for those. I pray for others. I My prayer time is literally a moment of standing in this gap of where somebody is and where where you, you see them that God desires for them to be and you pray for them, you intercede, you stand in the gap for others, you pray on their behalf, you pray for them, okay? And so in divine encounters, once again, they always come with an assignment. All right, guys, I'm gonna close with this. Um, they always come with an assignment and then we're gonna pray here. But encounters um, are God's method of revealing his mandate. Okay, and we kind of talked about that, how he connected um, uh, uh, those that encountered him to other people. But think about this. I'm not, I don't have time to read all these stories, but think about Moses sent back to Egypt. Think about Abraham, go out to the place I've called you to be. Jeremiah is called to God's people to prophesy. All the prophets, when they encounter God, they, there was a mandate, a responsibility, a calling, an anointing, go and do this. The disciples, right? They, 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 they receive an assignment to go, to lay hands on the sick, right? To, to, to heal the leper, to preach the kingdom, right? The day of Pentecost is a divine encounter that happened. What happened in there? Go, make disciples of all nations, right? It, after the book of Acts, you shall be my witnesses, right? To Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. Divine encounters always come with an assignment. Divine encounters is how God meets with us. And in that meeting, he calls us to obedience. Hallelujah. Romans chapter one, verse five, through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. I'm gonna read it again. We're gonna close with this verse and then we're gonna pray. Romans chapter one, verse five, through him, we have received grace and apostleship, divine encounter. We've received grace. It started with God. It is divine. It is sovereign and it is holy. We've received grace. Hallelujah. Why? Why? And apostleship. Why? For obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray for everybody here. I pray in the name of Jesus that they would come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I pray that, Lord, that they would come to see you and experience you in ways they never have before. We thank you, God, that let from this point forward this year, I pray that all those listening would come to divine encounters, holy experiences with Jesus, and that, Lord, we would receive our assignments from you in that place. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. 
Peace.